Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Now, just in case you're not already aware, in this podcast, I'm reading from my autobiography, which is entitled Flabyrinth. Yes, I know it's an unusual word. What does it mean? Where did it come from? So the word flabyrinth, so flab as in flab body fat and labyrinth as in a maze. So that kind of sums everything up. Flabyrinth, my journey in my head and my life with my body going from a slim child, teen to a morbidly obese woman in her 30s and back to slim again. So the journey and story of my life, my body, everything that went on in my head throughout all of it, and all written through humour and comedy. That is my book, Flabyrinth. So in the book, I included lots of excerpts of my teenage diaries and readers loved them. So that's the concept behind this podcast, taking those teen diaries and reading out more of them that I couldn't fit in the book and that I didn't even know I had. So I will continue now reading from Flabyrinth. We're getting into the booze and the boys. So with the assistance of alcohol, clocking up the snogs became even easier. In order to get into the over 18s discos, I needed fake ID. So I got an application form for a student card, filled it out in cartridge pen and smiled sweetly while I got the school secretary to stamp it. Then, with the Houdini magic of my ink eraser pen, I wiped out all the details on the form and changed them in biro. So I had now magically aged three years and I was of legal drinking age. I sent off the form and a few weeks later, my legit student card arrived in the post and I was ready for my first taste of booze. I remember the anticipation of what it was going to feel like to be drunk. I had no idea what to expect. I nervously took a sip from a bottle of Budweiser and because I didn't know it would be so foamy, it dribbled down my chin. I seemed to have done a lot of dribbling back in those days. By the time I was halfway through the bottle, I was feeling tipsy. What is this new magical feeling? It's like everything is just a little bit numb and I can't wipe this satisfied smile off my face. My inhibitions flew out the window and like a mating ritual you'd see on a David Attenborough programme, I was breaking it down on the dance floor with my fellow pissed up girlfriends like we were the actual Spice Girls on stage at a sold out Wembley. 
Competition was fierce amongst all the girls in my class, as you'd fully be in fear of not having a snog to report about on Monday morning in school. So in order to ensure we got a result, the fashion stakes were upped. At this stage, I had embraced my figure. I was slim and sexy and I was not afraid to show it. I had two outfits that I wore that meant I was guaranteed to pull. One was a white belly top t-shirt that had the Calvin Klein logo on it. I would team this with black parallel trousers and the pièce de résistance was a pair of men's Calvin Klein boxers which I would wear so the white Calvin Klein elastic band was on view peeping out from the top of my waistband. Oh, that look was the essence of cool at the time and I thought I was the dog's conkers as I strutted around, leaving no one under any illusion as to what underwear I had on. (laughs) Men's jocks, Jules. You were wearing men's jocks. How did I think this was sexy? My other surefire outfit quite literally spelled out that I was up for it. It was a belly top t-shirt that had a picture of Little Miss Naughty from the Mr. Men on the front of it, which I wore with a black miniskirt and certified snogs were on the cards any time I wore either of these threads. I remember that an entire night out on the piss back then cost just £15. That would include bus fare, entry into the club, cloakroom, two bottles of Ritz cider, because that's all we needed to get absolutely fish-faced, and a taxi home. Thankfully, we only ever got tipsy in those days. There weren't any passed out people or vomiting. That would all come years later when we hit the spirits. Sometimes we'd snog several people in one night, and it's no wonder I was down at the doctor's on a regular basis, getting antibiotics for tonsillitis. We were all the same though. It was a tsunami of hormones in the club as 315 and 16 year olds would experiment with each other's mouths and bodies. The night would start with keeping your eyes peeled for rides while in a jam-packed queue to get in. And just a footnote story on the side there. I was talking to a friend recently who was telling me of her memories queuing up to go to a teen disco and she went inside the club and was totally pissed and felt really sick. So she ran to the toilet and when she got to the toilet, she puked everywhere and there was blood in her vomit. So she started to panic until she realised that it wasn't blood and she had eaten an entire packet of red jellies in the queue while drinking a nagging of vodka and that it made her sick. (laughs) And then she puked it up everywhere and thought it was blood, but no, it was jellies. So it just goes to show you the innocence of it all. Like, you know, the child in us was still eating the jellies and the child that was growing up was lashing into the vodka while going to the teen disco. Gas. Anyway, where was I? So the night would start with you keeping your eyes peeled for rides while in the jam-packed queue to get in. Then you'd flash your fake ID at the bouncer and stroll into the club. The next most important manoeuvre was a confident strut around the edge of the dance floor to the bathroom to check your face as God only knows what could have happened to your makeup and hair between the front door and the bathroom. Then it was up to the bar to order a drink, all while being on full Navy SEAL mode, scanning the club for potential hotties. Once your target was engaged, a lock-on was enforced and lots of flirty eye contact, hair flicking and... I'm so not checking you out, but I totally am. Expressions on your face. 
We got so good at the mating rituals, we were able to predict when the slow set was going to start and we would have already nipped out to the toilets to fix our sweaty faces and plaster on more lipstick in the hope of smearing someone else's lips with it. Then, like something from a pass-the-parcel game at a kid's party, the dance music would come to an abrupt halt and a soppy, slow love song would begin playing. Everyone would commence using their best drama skills to show that they weren't desperate for a snog and would walk as slowly as possible off the dance floor in the hope of being approached and asked to dance. Sometimes the boys would send their friends over to ask, Ah, will you shift me friend? And then point over to the requester while he stood there looking like a cheesy model from a fashion catalogue, pretending to check the time on his watch. This was great, as he didn't have to refuse them directly if he didn't like the look of them. But if he was cheeky, he'd then say, Ah, oh, will ya shift me then, what? And sometimes refusal lines would have to be enforced, my favourite being, I'm sorry I'm saving myself for Keanu Reeves. Back in school first thing on Monday morning, and I'd whip out the homework notebook and log who now loved who. I went through numerous bottles of Tipex, updating the weekly love profiles on the inside cover. Right, Sirica, who did you snog again? Um, Philip, Michael and Kian. Okay, so who am I going to put down in the love corner? Niall O'Brien. But you didn't snog him. Yeah, I know, but I walked past him and I could smell his Fahrenheit aftershave and he was just divine. Plus, he had a blue Ralph Lauren shirt on him. So now I'm totally in love with him and he is my target for next week. Nice one. Sirica loves Niall. I put a huge amount of creative effort into my homework notebooks. They were like works of art. They rarely contained any actual information about what homework I was supposed to be doing. They were just filled with notes from the girls who were either enraptured by a boy, heartbroken or moaning about their famine, which is what we used to call the length of time since your last snog. 1995, a note from Surika in my homework journal. Hiya Jules, how's life? Mine's shit. I'm living for Bective Disco on Saturday. I swear to God, I am not coming out of that place unsnogged. I'd even snog Harry the Bouncer if it came to it. Well, maybe not. Oh, I'm not that desperate yet. I think I might go for a new record on Saturday, but it depends on how I feel or how trollocked I am. Anyway, any decent looking bloke is not getting out of that place unsnogged. I'm sure you'll help me with that task. We're going to have a feast, not a famine. I love dot dot dot. Brackets, I'll fill this in on Monday. See ya, love Sorka. Kiss, kiss, kiss. 1996, a note from a vet in my homework notebook. DJ Jules, how are you? Well, I'm totally depressed, confused, in love and above all, knackered. Life is so hard. The only thing that keeps me going is snogging and I'm a bit low on that at the moment. Right now, I just love to know where I stand. I've got a really annoying tickly cough. Oh God, I want him so badly. When I think of all the other people I fancied, I'm like, yeah, right. Anyway, I'm too tired to write anymore. So I'll say ciao, love, Yvette. Kiss, kiss, kiss. I'll tell you one big thing I've learned from looking back on all of this is that there is no way I'm sending my future kids to a single sex school. 
I absolutely believe that because I was around only girls all day long, we had no opportunity to interact with boys properly, apart from chowing down on their faces every weekend. And thus we became absolutely obsessed with them because they were aliens to us. Can you imagine what we would have been like back then if we'd had mobile phones? We only had landlines back then and all the time you'd be depending on him calling the house and then you'd have to hide in a press under the stairs to talk to him so nobody could hear your conversation. If I'd had a mobile phone, I would have been lethal bombarding the boys with text messages. The best I could do was relying on writing them letters which I would post to their school and God only knows What priests and principals infiltrated them and read them before they reached their intended recipient? Oh, I'd say they had some laugh in the staff room at break time recounting my correspondence to the boys. I can only imagine them. Oh, it's another letter from Jules. This time it's for Andrew O'Keefe. Oh, she must have moved on from Henry Wilkinson. Let's see what she has to say to this poor chap. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Here's an entry from my diary. 27th of January. Okay, let's roll out the red carpet. The bells are ringing. I am in love. Today, I got my long-awaited letter from Andrew. I was so convinced he wasn't going to write back or that he didn't get the letter. For the past two weeks, I've been strip-searching the letterbox. And just when I'd given up all hope and my arm was black and blue, I found a letter written in typically scrawly, boyish writing staring back at me. I bounded up the driveway, shrieking like a hyena. Now, the letter is so male, it's pathetic, but it's the thought that counts. I wouldn't have cared if he'd only written two words in Swahili. It's so typically male, macho man. He was obviously taken aback by my letter, which I must admit was brilliant. I'm dying to get my photos developed because he's in about 90 of them. Oh, I can't wait to write to him again. How shall I bear such happiness? 30th of January. I sent letter number two to Andrew today. It was four pages long. I asked him about 50 million questions in it, so he'd have stuff to write back about. Valentine's Day is in 15 days time. 
But Andrew will be on midterm, so he won't be in school. And I don't have his home address. Dilemma. Mm, I suppose I'll just have to send a card to his school and wait until he goes back to get it. Oh, I'm praying mum might let me out next Saturday because all the schools are in midterm and all my friends are going to Belvo and I just bet Andrew is going to be there too. It's a long weekend, so I'm praying I can go out. I'm dying to see him again. I'm having terrible visions of Mags telling me that he went to Belvo and he was there looking fine while I was fast asleep in bed. Oh, it just can't happen. The next day, there is a God. Mum, be thy name. I'm allowed to go. My prayers were answered. Oh, I'm so hyped. What'll I wear? Oh, I have to get something new. I need to rob a bank. Mm, please, God, let Andrew be there. I'm still waiting for my reply letter number two. I hope I don't have to wait another two weeks. 9th of February. Oh, depression. Andrew wasn't there. I could have stayed at home. Oh, capricious fortune plays her cards with me like a Mississippi boat whore. I wasted my night out. It was pathetic. I was wearing my black parallels and my new leopard print halter neck top. I had my fake tan on. My makeup was perfect. I had my eyes peeled all night. But he wasn't there. There wasn't even one good looking guy there. The music was shite. And now I've completely wasted a night out. The Ireland v England rugby match is on next Saturday. So he'll definitely be at that along with half of Dublin. Oh, I'm so depressed. Oh, I'm expecting a letter any day now. I'd better buy his Valentine card soon. Now I'll have to struggle through 40 days of Lent until Easter. And then I'll have my holidays and I'll be allowed out. How am I going to wait six weeks? I'll have to get all my photos developed. Maybe a photo of him will keep me alive until Easter. I've read his first letter a million times at this stage, but I just wish I could meet him again. No, actually, I wish I could rewind time and not have gone out last night. 14th of February. Well, Andrew is out the window. I got no Valentine's card, so he must really care not. I didn't get a reply letter number two yet either. <sighs> Men have such small brains. Oh, I'm praying that I can go out tomorrow night. I need a man. My famine is way too long. 24th of February. I got letter number two from Andrew today. Two weeks ago, I would have been having an epo, but I'm so not at the mo. He said he'd be honoured to be my Valentine. And he apologised for not sending me a card. Oh, whatever. I haven't seen him for two months now, so I've totally gone off him. His letter was better than the first one, but it's still full of spelling mistakes. Major turn off. And that just shows he's obviously really immature. Why can't I find a man who can keep up with me on the witty writing front? He said he wants my phone number. I'm contemplating on whether or not to write back to him. I certainly don't fancy him as much as I used to. But I figure maybe it's better to have him in reserve than not to. I think I'll write him a short letter. It'll be fun to keep in contact. Here's the letter from Andrew. Dear Princess Jules, Sorry for not replying to your letter earlier, but I've been busy. Anyway, today I had a rugby match and I injured my shoulder. But that doesn't matter because we won. Anyway, like you did, I'll tell you about myself. Name, Andrew Tighe. Born 13th of June 79, brackets Gemini. Hobbies, listening to music, playing rugby, drinking and watching sport on TV. Sex, D. 
definitely male. Favourite music? A bit of everything. The Prodigy, The Beatles, Simon and Garfunkel. You seem to have a way with words. Unfortunately, I don't, so this letter is probably shit. Tell your friend with the blonde hair, I can't remember her name, that Rob is mad for her, and say hi to all your friends for me. Are you going to the Ireland v France match? Maybe I'll see you there. Uh, This is really hard because I'm running out of things to say. Anyway, I was very surprised to get your letter and I'm still wondering how you got my address. Please write again soon and hopefully I'll see you around sometime, sooner rather than later. Well, I gotta go. Adios, mi amor. Andrew. 2nd of March. I wrote a letter back to Andrew, but I don't think I'll bother sending it. I've shown his letter to loads of people and they all think he has a single digit IQ. I'm so not associating myself with some intellectually challenged pleb. Oh, he's a total bimbo and I can't even be bothered writing back to him as friends if he can't even write back in Ladybird English. Smell you later, Andrew. Done. Over it. And, dear listener, I didn't send that letter to Andrew, so I have it here to read. This is what I wrote to him. Dear Prince Andrew, what's your beef? Thanks for your letter. Your Valentine poems were, um, interesting. I still don't understand the I've got one shoe bit. The poem you wrote under the tipex was much better. But anyway, I'd love to be your Valentine. So, all is well with me. I had an extremely eventful Valentine's Day this year. Thank God I invested in that 20 foot by 20 foot letterbox extension. And I would have been lost without those extra 25 bodybuilders as postmen I had to hire. Not. I got a homemade card from my two cousins in England and that was it. Well, my life is totally not interesting at the mo. I'm head wrecked with school. My portfolio is taking over my life. I was drawing naked people in my art class last week. Believe me, contrary to what you might think, it was actually a repulsive experience. They're all such hippies in my art course and they think the human body is beautiful. I mean, it can be, but not when the model is a 60-year-old woman that looks like one of those bodies they found preserved in a bog. Complete vom. I'm living for the summer. Going to Gran Canary is the only thing that's keeping me alive at this stage. I'm having a joint party with my friend Judith when we come back. I'm hyped. So, when are your mocks? I'm going to the Peter Andre concert on the 13th. I know I'm a saddo, but he's just so fine. Thanks for answering my questionnaire. So, you'd be a Snickers if you were a chocolate bar. Satisfaction guaranteed, obviously. I think I'd be a packet of Smarties, because only Smarties have the answer. And if I was an animal, I'd be a praying mantis. Look that up in the encyclopedia. Footnote, dear podcast listener, a praying mantis is an insect, which I'd obviously seen in some wildlife documentary. And after mating, the female eats the male. Hmm. Then I have given him a questionnaire with questions like, so what's your dream car? Have you traveled anywhere interesting in the world? What's your most embarrassing moment? If you were an ice cream, what would you be and why? Do you have any recollection of what I look like? How would you describe yourself in a Lonely Hearts column? What's the square root of 72,916? Have you ever had a job before? Tell me about a typical day in your boarding school. Well, I'd better make like a surfer and wave. See you later, tiger. My phone number is 8736313.
but don't waste your 20p. I'm not allowed to take phone calls during school term because I'd live on the phone if I could. And mum always goes mental when I'm on it. I'll have to get my own line. Love from the praying mantis. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Oh, I was just so desperate for a boy to love me and tell me I was beautiful. How ridiculous looking back. And all these coveted boys were just teenage morons with Lynx deodorant on their armpits, Pamela Anderson posters on their walls and wanking themselves around the cock day and night. Yet I was convinced that each one of them I snogged was my future husband. Oh God, the praying mantis. How did I think that was going to be a turn on? Yeah, look that up in the encyclopedia. Imagine the poor fella reading it and he's there going, oh yeah, what? What? The female eats the male after mating? Oh my God. I guess I was just trying to tell him how much of an animal I was. Oh, cringe. A reminder that I'm putting up loads of retro pictures on my Instagram from the 90s and early noughties of all the pop culture of the time. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at Jules My website is cringebingepodcast.com with all the information of where you could send me excerpts from your teen diaries that you may have written as a teenager or teen poetry or anything cringy like that. If you want to send it to me publicly or anonymously, find out all the details on my website. Thanks for listening. Please remember to subscribe so you know when the latest episodes are out. And if you're listening on Spotify, hit the follow button. I'm your host, Jules Call. This is the Cringe Binge Podcast, My 90s Teenage Diary, brought to you by Acast, home of the world's best podcasts. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.